0: a growing Brazilian church in Boston, a pastor told his congregation he was having regular conversations with an angel. Weeks later, believe it or not, he sets up a chair on the stage for the heavenly visitor. How would you feel if I did that as a pastor here at New Hope? Set a chair up on the stage and said, this is for an angel who's about to come and turn up and talk to us. He said that no one could see him but him. The pastor eventually wrote a book containing messages he had received from the angel. And the messages that he was receiving became so bizarre that the pastor of this megachurch, and it was a megachurch in Boston, was thrown out from his denomination and they have become a cult. Now you might think that that scenario is extreme, but it really is just one example of the widespread emphasis of angels and angelic encounters in Christianity and in the world today. Now, angels are interacting with men throughout history. You can be very sure of that, and the Bible tells us. You've got Abraham, Hagar, Lot, Manoah's wife, Gideon. Elijah had two encounters with angels. Hezekiah, Daniel... Zacharias, Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, Mary, Magdalene and Mary at the tomb, the apostles in prison. Cornelius, Peter, Paul. Oh, you go through the whole Bible, you're seeing people who are having interactions with angels. And if they had interactions with angels, you better believe it that some in the Christian church at the end of time are going to have the same experience because Ellen White tells us that the Holy Spirit that was in the church that motivated it to power at the beginning and took the message in a generation across the whole world, she says that same Holy Spirit is going to be in the Adventist church as we finish the work. And if God sent angels to interact with men and to help them in the work back then, he's going to send angels to interact with men, men and women as he finishes the work. Amen? Now, if that's the case, do do you believe in a supernatural God? Mm -hmm. You Australians, do you believe in a supernatural God? Then some of you, perhaps all of us, before this ends, before it finishes, are going to come in contact with angels. But it can be confusing because the Bible very clearly says it gives us all these examples of angels interacting with mankind but then it says in 2 Corinthians eleven 14 don't be surprised because even Satan what? Disguises himself as an angel of? So I wonder When an angel comes to us, if Satan is disguising himself as an angel of what? Now now most of us, we can work out that if Lloyd Groleman, the preacher, turns up with a feather and tries to claim that it's a feather of an angel, most of you are going to see through my roost. True? You know that I got it from a pigeon out in the backyard. Most of you would scratch your head and look at me pretty strange and I think this church, Adventist church it is, would empty out pretty quick if I started to claim that I was having visions and talks and discussions with an angel who was telling me how to direct and guide the church. Most of us see through that sort of thing. But when an angel of light who claims Christ, who speaks the right language, turns up, we believe in this supernatural God. We, we desire, we long for this sort of experience, but an angel of light, how can we tell? Here's a story in the Bible of angels. I want you to look at it real quick. Ezekiel 28, 12 to 14. God in this chapter, through the prophet Ezekiel, is talking about one particular angel. His name is Lucifer. Isn't that a lovely name? God's name... You like it? No. His name, you know the story, don't you? His name is Lucifer. He's the head angel of heaven. He's big and he's powerful and he's beautiful. You look at him and you go, wow, he was the crowning pinnacle of God's creation and I think we undersell our God. He has made a lot of stuff that we don't know about. There's not other worlds out there. There's other universes. A creative God, does he ever stop creating? Thousands and thousands and millions and millions of worlds and universes. But he's Lucifer, the crowning pinnacle of his creation, the commander of heaven's armies. The one who stands with his wing across the throne of God, who stands in the very councils of God himself, who stands in the throne room. This is the most beautiful, powerful of all the angels. Bible tells us a very interesting story about this angel. God says, you Lucifer, you were the model of perfection. Full of wisdom and exquisite in beauty. Get the, get the sense here. You're in Eden, the garden of God. Your clothing was adorned with every precious stone. Red carnelian, pale green peridote, white moonstone, blue green beryl, onyx green jasper, blue lapis, lazuli, turquoise, and emerald. All beautifully crafted for you and set in the finest gold. They were given to you on the day you were created, ordained, and anointed as the mighty angelic guardian. You had access to the holy mountain of God and walked among the stones of fire. Don't you like that vivid description, not just of the angel, but of the throne room of God? Walking amongst these stones of fire is this mighty, powerful, angelic being. But something happens. Isaiah 14 and in a way, the story's a sad one. How you are fallen from heaven, Lucifer, O oh shining star, sun of the morning. You have been thrown down to the earth, and I just feel like saying when I read that, woe, woe, woe on us. You have been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven. I will set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and I will be like the most high. Can you believe it? Thou created Lucifer, as beautiful as he was, wanted to climb up onto the throne with God. I kind of get a sense he didn't want to take God out. He just wanted to climb up on the throne with God and to be worshipped as God was. And it's a sad story. The Bible said that he agitated amongst the angels in heaven. A third of the angels followed him and there was war the first war in the history of the universe an angelic war one third of the angels of heaven sided with Lucifer and his rebellion can't believe it how can you see God with your very own eyes how can you experience worship like? look worship's good at New Hope amen you like the worship here I do like it a lot There's nothing like the worship in heaven. Because who do we worship in? Well, we worship God, but we can't see him with our physical eyes. We're not listening to him preach. We're not listening to him sing with the angelic hosts and and all the peoples of the universe. We don't see that. Lucifer did. Yet this seed in his heart of selfish ambition begins to grow. Revelation 12, verse 7 and 9. Then there was war in heaven. Michael, you know who Michael is? Jesus. He's, you know who he is? He's the angel of the Lord. Jesus, God himself on one side, goes into battle against the dragon Lucifer and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle. And he and his angels were forced out of heaven, this great dragon, The ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world and thrown down to the earth with all his angels. You know the story. Lucifer, Satan, the devil. Garden of Eden. Eve wanders away from Adam, eats the fruit. We join the rebellion and we've been suffering for 6,000 years under the influence of Lucifer and his demonic host. And we are suffering. Human beings, we are suffering. And never have I seen a time in my life where we've needed Jesus to return as much as we do now. Amen. Because the reign of Lucifer and these evil angels is reaching its zenith. And we are going to experience darkness like no other generation on the earth. But as we experience it, we're going to be walking with Jesus, and so we're going to be in light like no other generation, too. So let's look about. I want to look. So there's two, two two groups of angels. There's there's Lucifer's bad dark angels, and there's God, Michael, Jesus, beautiful, sinless angels of light. I want to look at them both just for a few minutes. Let's have a look at God's angels first thing I think we need to know is that angels are created beings. Did you know that? Colossians 1.16. For through him, this is Jesus, for through Jesus, God created everything in the what realms? Heavenly realms. And on earth, he made the things we can see and the things we can't, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities. In the unseen world, everything was created through him, for him. So God, Jesus, made the angels. They belong to him. They're his servants. Created from his mind. I wonder, do angels have gender? What about this guy who sees a female angel? What do you call her? A- Emma. D- do angels have gender? Do they? I looked at this. Every reference to angels in scripture is masculine gender. That means male The Greek word for angel in the New Testament, now this is something, whenever you hear Lloyd say Greek word, stop and listen because I don't speak a word of Greek. I had to look this up and find it. The Greek word for angel in the New Testament is angelos, and it's in the masculine male form. In fact, a feminine form of angelos, that Greek word, does not exist. There are three genders in grammar: masculine, he, him, his; feminine, she, her, hers; and neuter, it, its. Angels are never in all the Bible from beginning to end ever referred in any other gender other than masculine male. Never in the Bible is an angel referred to as she or it, never once. Furthermore, when angels appeared, they were always dressed as human males. So if you get a female angel turn up, beware. Michael, Gabriel, Lucifer, they're the only three names in Scripture we have of angels are all masculine gender names. But I want you to hear this angels are referred to only as gender in the language. And it is not to be understood in terms of sexuality. Rather, the masculine gender, the pronouns that we use for angels, he, him, his, these masculine gender pronouns applied to these angels throughout Scripture are a reference to authority, authority, rather than gender. You cannot worship angels. Revelation 19 verse 10. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him. This is John the apostle. An angel turns up to him to give him the book of Revelation or to give him parts of the book of Revelation and to talk to him. This angel turns up. And John says, I fell down at his feet to worship him, but he said, no, don't worship me. I'm a servant of God, just like you and your brothers and sisters who testify about the faith in Jesus. Worship only God for the essence of prophecies is to give a clear witness for Jesus. Don't ever worship an angel. Yes, they're big, they're powerful, they're mighty. You ever get in contact with one, your instinct, your human instinct is going to fall down on the ground and worship them. But if it's a true angel, it'll never receive that worship. Because worships, look, these angels, they might be more powerful than us, they might be bigger, they might be, 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 be far more beautiful, majestic and all those things, but they are in the end only created beings of God, both on light and darkness, both in light and darkness, created beings of God. You don't worship anyone but God. Angels guard people. Hallelujah. Psalm 91.11, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. You all have an angel, and that angel walks with you, and he guards you. Angels are not human. Humans don't become angels after they die. And angels are not created in the human likeness like we are. They are a different, completely different species of life. They are servants, those angels who never felt are servants of light who work for the Lord. Evil angels. Number one, they are spiritual forces that are very powerful and incredibly dangerous. Ephesians 6, 11, 12, the Bible says, and I think we need to read this. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of what world? The unseen world. These are demonic angels. Against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. I don't think we think about this long enough and and, and deep enough. And it's an important point. When we come under temptation... You know, when that temptation it start, first enters your mind and starts to niggle away at your heart, and you feel the draw and you feel the pull and you begin to entertain it, it's a demon in your head. That's, that, that's sobering, isn't it? It's a demon in your head. It's a demon in the room, wherever you are. It's a demon talking to your heart. It's a demon trying to seduce you away from God. And they are very, very dangerous. They are very powerful. I have had a demon angel personally try, try, try to take my life more than a dozen times. I know what it's like to be in the room physically with a demon. The cold, the ice cold, the, the hair going up on the back of my neck. And I know what it's like to have the power of God to save me. Amen. But you cannot stand up against these things. Your your mind, you are not wise enough. You are not bright enough. you, 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 You are not powerful enough. These things are ferocious. These angels, since they fell from the courts of heaven, have deteriorated to such a point that if they could, if it wasn't for the protection of the high God himself, these things would tear you apart instantly. I would rather get in a pit of hungry lions than go into the presence of one of these dark, demon, powerful angels. But you know, I love this about God. When they come into your life and when they are plaguing you, whether it's physically, when they're plaguing you, whether it's mentally and spiritually, when you call on the high God of heaven, those dark, powerful angels tremble in fear. And when you call on the name of Jesus, they flee, they flee, they flee because they cannot stay where God is, amen? Secondly, angels deceive people. Now the Holy Spirit, 1 Timothy 4.1, tells us clearly that in the last days some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come down from demons. I wish we had more time on this. They are destined to death, Matthew 25.41. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. They possess people. Luke chapter 4, verse 33. Once when he was in the synagogue, a man possessed by a demon and evil spirit began shouting at Jesus. I was reading a story. I wish my time wasn't up. I was reading a story, I was preparing this sermon about a lady who was a Seventh-day Adventist. She lived in Oregon and she got involved with an Adventist Bible study group. Somehow, they came to the conviction that they were a specially blessed group Because an angel started to turn up to their Bible studies. And you can imagine what sort of an impact that had on them. If we truly had an angel turn up at church here next week, this place would be full, amen? Would it? Yeah, it would. It had a great impact on them. And this angel began to give them guidance and direction. And in fact, as I read the story, the angel actually possess them and it started to this angel started to direct this girl to do things and so he'd say go down to the shop and steal a loaf of bread and I will make sure that no one sees you and I'm doing this so that you can see the power of God now you've got to understand the power of and the impact it has on the human psyche when they get into the presence of a real, live, breathing angel. And she began to do some of these silly things. You see, this angel went from guiding, directing, to possessing her, and it's a long story. But eventually she got to the point where the angel directed her, she was possessed, to go and to murder a rancher, and some of the people in her Bible study group, and she did it. She was possessed. And I give you a little warning. She was what religion, what denomination? She's a Seventh-day Adventist. Now, I I give you young people a little warning. I've been a pastor for 25 years. It seems to me that God gives us a defense against these things. The demons can't just rush into somebody. But you listen to me. If you are listening to a lot of worldly, heavy rock music, that dark stuff that comes from the mind of Satan himself, you are opening yourself up to demon possession. If you are sleeping around... And someone that you sleep with is demon-possessed. It seems to break down the natural barriers that God has given you. And you will become demon-possessed. It's like AIDS or other awful viruses that are transmitted sexually. Demons can be transmitted sexually. Or if you play around with the occult... And I know this is not necessary. and I'm going to talk more about this next week. And I know this is not necessarily a popular thing to say even in Adventist circles. But if you're mucking around with Ouija boards or going to tarot card readers or fooling around in a seance or watching Harry Potter or any of this other dark demonic stuff. that is on our television screens, there's in our movie theaters I'm not saying you are going to get possessed but I'm saying you are opening yourself up to being possessed by a demon and it's a very serious experience for anybody to be possessed by a demon and I think in our 21st century modern culture that there are far more people out there and in here who are possessed by demons than they themselves even realise. Do you hear what I'm saying? And if you're possessed by a demon, there's only one place to go, and that's to Jesus Christ. And I have taken people who are possessed by demons to Jesus Christ, and I have seen the power of Jesus as he comes in and he sweeps those nasty, ferocious killers out of people's lives and gives them freedom. Hallelujah, Amen. Freedom Freedom is as as close as crying out for the name of Jesus. I've never been a pastor. I am not a pastor who talks to these evil, powerful beings. I go in and I pray in the name of Jesus. And if you're being if you're being Today, if you're being harassed by a demon, just pray in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. You know, make it clear what Jesus you're talking about. You pray in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Instantly, you will get protection and you will get relief. And I have seen it with my own eyes. So I close now. How do we tell the good from the bad? Well, first John four one says, "Beloved." Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God. Test. If an angel comes to you, test. Isaiah twenty to the law, to the Ten Commandments, to the Testament, to the Bible. If they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. If you've got an angelic, powerful, supernatural being leading, guiding, talking to you, then it better be leading, guiding, and talking to you in the, in, in the word and in the law of God and leading you to Jesus and drawing you to Jesus. I don't think we should be seeking a relationship with our guardian angel. Who does the Bible say to seek? Seek God. Seek God. If he sends an angel, fine, but you seek God. You know that Jesus in the Bible is described as the angel of the, of the Lord. Right through the Old Testament, we see that term, the angel of the Lord. just means messenger. Messenger of the Lord. It's Jesus Christ before he was incarnated into human flesh on this earth. Seek that angel. Amen? Seek Jesus, who is God. Seek him in prayer. You know, I, we are going into the end of time. I think most of us are going to live to see Jesus come. And I am longing for a deeper supernatural experience, aren't you? We're about to sing this song, Pass me not, O gentle Saviour. Hear my humble cry. That is my cry to my Lord today. Pass me not, O Lord. Hear Hear my gentle cry. Come to me in all your supernatural power. Keep me company, Lord, as I walk through these dark days. Give me courage. Do not pass me by, Lord. But it's the Lord's company I'm seeking, not my angels. Do you hear me? Seek who? Seek God. And one day when God returns, I was telling my teens this, our teens this, this morning, one day when God returns, he will send your guardian angel. Can you imagine this? And he's going to put his hand out. And he's going to say, Lloyd, come with me. Jesus did not pass you by. Come with me. Let's go meet him. I'm looking forward to meeting my angel on that day. But I'm looking forward more to meeting Jesus. Amen. Keep your eyes open. Be wise. Immerse yourself in the Bible. Be people of prayer. We are living in end times.